our foster care system is shattered. And this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, change in the system and changing the lives of children in foster care. Hi, my name is Rob Shear. I'm the founder of a national charity called Comfort Cases. I'm an advocate for children in foster care. I'm a public speaker. I'm an author of A Forever Family, but most important, I'm a dad to five of the most amazing kids. Welcome to the Fostering Change podcast. Well, you know, it's another episode of Fostering Change, and I'm pretty excited. You know, season two is right here upon us. You know, we have done so many episodes this season. We have experienced last month, which was National Foster Care Awareness Month, with some amazing guests. We have been able to change our format, and now not only are you able to hear us on all your favorite Apple maybe Google, Spotify, whatever your podcast platform might be your favorite for this week, but you're also actually able to watch us on YouTube. So I say this quite often, you know, for us to continue to grow this podcast and growing this podcast means that we're educating each other. You know, when I started Fostering Change almost two years ago, I thought that the whole entire experience was to talk about foster care, foster to adopt. You know, as a father who has five children, a child who I, when I was a kid, grew up in the system, I thought that that was the way my tunnel vision should be. Little did I know that that's not the way it is. It's not all just about fostering and about adopting, but it's about being part of the change, the change, being good humans. You know, my next guest, I was fortunate enough to speak with them almost a month ago. And after speaking with both of them, I will tell you, I haven't been able to stop thinking about them. You know, this month is National LGBTQA plus Pride Month. It's a big month for my family. I'm very open about the fact that I am a gay male I am married to my amazing husband, Reese, who I've been married to for 16 years. You know, last night as I was sitting outside having dinner with my children, I looked at my 12-year-old son and I asked him this question because a friend of his had been over and had dinner, had left. I said, Tristan, do you ever think about the fact that you have two dads? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you have two dads and your friend Mac has his mom and dad at home. And he looked at me and he said, dad, I have nothing different than Mac. I have two parents that love me. You know, that's exactly what Jeannie and Gideon does as they loved their son. And we're going to talk about their son. We're going to talk about their amazing organization, Blaze It Forward. We're going to talk about the fact that by talking about things, by understanding that each and every one of us are different, that we can all still be loved. You know, I never had the opportunity to meet Blaze, but it's something that I say quite often. You do not have to know someone to love someone. So welcome 
to uh, to fostering change, my friends. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. So I'd like to go back, and I know this is going to be very difficult because for me, as a young boy who grew up gay, um, I was ashamed of it. I was scared. I was worried about what people thought about me. I was worried about how the other kids would treat me. And by the way, I was that kid who got thrown into lockers. I was that kid who got snapped in the towel in the shower because I was a little bit more feminine than other boys. I was that kid who got called a sissy. And so I know the pain within someone's heart. And so um, to know that you have a son who, by the way, and by the way, I want to remind people of this real quick, because I think a lot of us need to be educated about this. It's just like foster care. Kids come in foster care because of choices other people made. Kids who are gay are gay not because of a choice, not because of a choice. And let me tell you, this 54-year-old man who's going to be closer to 55, it would have never been a choice that I would have chosen, okay, because of the pain. So tell me a little bit about your story with your son. Yeah, please. I'll tell you about Blaze. He, um, he was our firstborn. Um, he, had, he was mischievous, and uh, he was very curious about everything as a, young, as a young person, and he was also bullied a lot. And I think I knew or I suspected that he was a little bit more feminine than some of his other classmates, but I didn't, I know there's like a range of so many things. I never really thought about it much, but as time went on, I think in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, if, if it ends up that he is gay, I don't want, um, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid for him. I'm afraid, you know, what that would mean for our family. Like it was, it was, I wasn't rejecting, I wouldn't have rejected the idea of it, but I wasn't ready because it was, it was my, he was my first. So it only been, I'd been a parent for about five years when my last child was born. So in that time frame, you know, you start to wonder, you know, like, how do we, can we prevent things from happening if they're going to make our child's life hard? I didn't even understand that idea that, you know, being gay is hard and uh, very hard. And, you know, how, how are we supposed to, to, um, to want to embrace that for our child if we know that they're not, you know, they're not happy with, with what they have to deal with. So I was hopeful we wouldn't have to get there, but when we did, I was completely ready and we wanted to talk to him about it and support him, but he was more home. He was the most homophobic person in our family because he didn't feel comfortable. We lived near one of the largest um, evangelical churches in the world. We lived right by it. And a lot of people moved to that area to probably be part of that congregation. Um, and I don't think that they were very accepting of people that weren't cookie cutter. Um, where we lived, people were, it was a very, it, was, it wasn't diverse when we first moved there, but it became more diverse over time. When my, but when we first started there, it was not a super diverse place. And I was, I questioned, you know, is this the right thing to do to raise kids that are Jewish in a place where there probably will be very few, they may be very misunderstood. I considered that, but I also, we felt very strongly that 
um, that kids should go to public schools because of the diversity that you can find in a public school. And we wanted that for our kids. So we always sent them to public school until that wasn't the right option for them anymore. Um, and in Blaze's case, he went on to go to OSHA, which is the uh, Orange County School of the Arts. And he went there uh, basically to become a writer and he was magnificent. He was a straight A student. He was um, exceptional at chemistry and math. Um, I mean, he, he could figure anything out. He could teach himself how to do anything. He was, he was very curious. He loved art and he loved to create and work with his hands. Um, it's just part of who he was. And he was always experimenting with food and he made his own kombaka. Um, kombucha. kombucha. He made his own with the, with the slimy top and everything. And yeah. And I mean, he, he would just always, very, that's why he loved cooking. He was also became the editor of UPenn's magazine, Pen Appetite. So and that's kind of a really big deal to, to even be associated with that magazine. He became the editor right before his passing. But yeah, he had a lot of, he, he started Penn as a, a chemistry major, basically, but he was in a very advanced program for science and it was, and it had a very high attrition rate. You could still stay at the university if you dropped out of it, but if you stayed, it would be a miracle if you made it through this program, this particular science program, because it was a double major in four years and so, you get your master's at the end of it. So, so I, I have to go, I have to go back some yeah. because, you know, I really want people to know Blaze. And the reason I say that is because I think so many times when tragedy is brought upon us and brought upon a family, there's so many times that we stop saying the name. And that's why through this whole entire episode, I will be bringing Blaze's name up because I want people to listen to this episode. This episode will be embedded in our website for years and years and years, and I want his name to be said. So all of a sudden I keep, and I'm imagining this young boy, Blaze, who is coming through life, you know, and very lucky the fact that, you know, he had an opportunity to go to a private school, but his parents did the, what I think is a very smart thing. We did the same thing with our children. Our children had an opportunity to go to private school, but we wanted them to go to public school for the diversity. Um, yeah. And so you have a son who you're living in an area that is, um, you know, evangelical Christians, as we know, are not always as open-minded when it comes to homosexuality. I grew up as a Mormon, so I completely understand, you know, that feeling. But the moment that, you know, Blaze is now, you know, in his early high school years, you had already known at that time that that was was Blaze gay already or had he yeah. come out? We, we had figured it out. Um, something happened at the house and we saw something he probably didn't want us to see. And we confronted him on it and he was in apt, like absolute denial, like, you know, no. And I was like, okay, he's not ready. He's young. He doesn't want to talk about it. I never pushed, but I did tell him, I went up to him the next day and I gave him a big hug. And I said that I would love him no matter what. And it didn't matter to me at all. And that's when he was like 12 or 13 that that happened. You know, there are so many kids in our foster care system who um, have come out and they are thrown out. And we see that the number of children 
that are LGBTQA kids who are actually living on the streets because of not having parents like the two of you, you know, um, that actually love what we all should as parents love unconditionally. And and Blaze is not your only child. Yeah, we have three children. Uh, Blaze was our oldest. And um, Rob, Blaze had a lot of experiences, um, and I believe a lot of the feelings that you had growing up, you know, feeling um, like the underdog and, and having challenges in school, especially um, when he was in junior high school and going to camp. And, um, you know, his siblings, um, they, you know, they loved him for who he was, that never was a subject as far as his sexual identity goes. And it's something that Blaze just was not really that comfortable with, um, even to, you know, uh, until, you know, the, um, to the end. So, you know, he was killed um, at the beginning of 2018, um, you know, in uh, uh, the, in an alleged hate crime uh, because he was gay. Um, and so, you know, the only message that I feel that I can give to people is that, you know, you don't have to just accept people's differences. You need to embrace them. And, you know, as parents, as uh, siblings, as family members, as humans, that to celebrate the differences that we have, our sexual identity, our race, our religion, is the only way for humanity to be able to move forward. And um, you know, we made mistakes along the way. We're all human and we make mistakes in terms of trying to create that flourishing environment and supportive environment for, for our children. And, um, you know, it was hard. You don't go to school to learn how to be a parent um, or how to deal with your children's sexual identity. And we tried the best that we could, but, um, you know, in retrospect, um, I wish we were, more supportive, that we were more proactive in going to the gay pride events and to, you know, get, uh, participating with um, in, in a lot of things that showed Blaze that we cared and that we embraced. But he didn't want us outing him. And he was pretty clear because I had offered to do things with him publicly like that. And he didn't want it. He wanted to just be Blaze. He didn't want to be gay Blaze or Jewish Blaze. He just wanted to be, he was young, he was exploring. Can I, I have to tell you, um, first of all, Blaze was the exact same age as my son when you oh. when he left. My son is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, imagine a day that I don't get to look at Alex. God. And the fact that I look at Blaze, and I have his picture right here, by the way. Um, and I what you just said hit home. So I don't want people to know me as gay Rob. I don't want people to put that word on me, you know, and I can understand the way, you know, being gay is only a part of my life. Being gay was only a part of Blaze's life. It wasn't Blaze, you know, Um, it was just, it's a part, it's like, you know, you don't go and say, oh, I, you know, I'm heterosexual Gideon. You right. know, like that, cares. it's just a part of who we are. 
And, and even though for some of us, it's more of a part than others, for some of us want that part to be shine brighter than others, I'm very much like Blaze is that, you know, I tell people quite often, my husband and I, you know, we're Robin Reese. We're not Robin Reese, the gay couple. We're Robin Reese. So listen, this this story has so many turns and twists and 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 we do have to take a quick break and I want to get back. But, you know, I want everybody, you know, whether you're listening to this, whatever podcast platform, you know, I really, really, really want you to make sure that you go. And if they go to and it's blazebernstein.org, is that correct? Because I yes. want to talk about this foundation, this that you, this charity that you have started, because um, I've done a lot of research and you have done a lot of help. And 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 what I what I was surprised about the most, and Jeannie, maybe this is you who came about with this and getting, I'm not trying to give you none of the credit, but I would have thought, and I want you to think about this as we take a break. I would have thought having a son who is gay and who has died in such a hate crime like your son died of, that your focus would be 100% gay community, hate community, but it's not. And that's what I want you to hold on because I want to talk about what you guys are really doing for so many people in your community. Listen, everyone, again, no matter where you're listening to listening to this podcast, whether it's on Apple or Spotify, Deezer, Google, you know, we say this quite often. We educate each other by sharing. We educate each other by talking. And we educate each other by being part of the change, the change. And so I'm asking each and every one of you to share this podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe. Please make sure that you share it with people. You have a question, please give us those questions. Fostering change at comfortcases.org. I remind each and every one of you, there is no such thing as a dumb question. It's the question that you didn't ask. That's the question that's dumb. Ask questions. And when it comes to constructive criticism, hey, we all could use it. If you know somebody that could be a guest on Fostering Change, we're starting to book for season three, so we would love to hear from you. We'll be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that is inspiring our communities to bring dignity and hope to youth in foster care. You know, for just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Cases mission to eliminate trash bags from the foster care system. For every $10 donated, a Comfort XL duffel bag will be given to a child entering foster care. Please help us be part of the change. Go to comfortcases.org and see how you can help a child entering our foster care system. Well, we're back and we are back with another exciting episode. You know, this episode for me really touches home. You think quite often that when it comes to talking about being homeless, which I was, a child who grew up in the system, which I did, sexual abuse, which happened, that those would be the topics that I really want to talk about. 
but that's not it. See, I want to talk about the fact of that being different is okay. It is okay. And it's up to us to make sure that we raise our children better today than they were yesterday. You know, I say this quite often and maybe in every single episode that we do. If you look into a child's eyes, you actually look into your future. And I know that's what we would have done for Blaze. You know, we're talking to Blaze's parents today and Blaze's parents are gonna tell us the story. The story that I feel that each and every one of you need to hear. An amazing young boy who was at the prime of his life, the prime of his life for giving back, for giving back. You know, I've got right now five teenagers and, and there are days I wish they would just give back by helping me take the trash out. But this young boy was doing it. So what I really want to hear is I want to hear how we ended up here today. The two of you sitting on the couch telling the story of Blaze. So, you know, as uh, Jeannie said, this is a cautious tale. And I'm going to tell you this story. Um, that's the reality that happened to us in our lives and how it really has changed our outlook um, on the world and on the way that we see everything. And it starts with the end of 2017. Um, our son, Blaze, uh, came back from school. He was at the University of Pennsylvania and he was in his second year and he had come back for winter break. And uh, we had been spending a fair amount of time with the kids. In fact, uh, we spend New Year's Eve with Blaze and our friends and our family. <clears throat> he was really into cooking. He was amazing amateur culinary chef. As Jeannie said, he was you know, in charge of the uh, cooking magazine at school at University of Pennsylvania. And he had just cooked some amazing Thanksgiving dinner for us after New Year's. In fact, um, the night before he disappeared, um, we were having leftover Thanksgiving dinner and um, it was uh, turkey and all kinds of stuff. My parents were there and he was sitting across the table from me and he said, dad, um, we were talking about his name, you know, Blaze, what a unusual name. And he uh, didn't know the reason that we had named him that. And so I told him the story. I said, you know, we named you, we knew a few people named Blaise before you were born, but we actually named you after Blaise Pascal, who was a French theologian. And, you know, Pascal's theorem, you can just go on and on of all the quotes and everything from, you know, um, you know from Blaise Pascal. And uh, the irony is that I don't think that Blaise Pascal was, uh, was um, you know, pro LGBTQA plus. And so- We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. So um, uh, Blaise disappeared. Um, I think it was the morning of uh, January 2nd. 
um, you know, and I'm going to be brief on the story, but um, he was supposed to be at a dental appointment and uh, in the afternoon we thought he had slept in and, um, you know, Jeannie called me in the afternoon saying, you know, where's Blaze? Um, you know, he's supposed to be at this dental appointment. And I said, I don't know. And, you know, is his car there? Is keys there? Everything was pretty much at the house in the room. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I came home and, and over the course of the next 24 hours between trying to call the police and doing, a, doing as much background work as we could to try to figure out what happened to him, um, we finally uh, uncovered information that um, gave us some clues in terms of what might have happened to him. Um, you know, we, we spent a lot of time over the course of a week on um, doing missing persons postings. We had celebrities and uh, probably a whole war room of, of friends that were inside our, our um, living room helping us trying to go search through all of Orange County to figure out what happened to him. Um, his bags were packed in his room, ready to go back to school after winter break. So we knew that he didn't just leave because he was upset with us. We, we knew that there was something that was, was, was uh, really wrong. Um, approximately a week later, um, you know, his, his body had been discovered in a park that was about a mile away from our house. And uh, there was an arrest that was made shortly thereafter. Um, the person who is accused of Blaze's murder and this hate crime has been in jail for three and a half years without a trial. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a long road. Um, it was obviously the most traumatic experience that you could ever have. Um, the grieving, the just chaos that was going on in our lives um, after Blaze's murder um, was devastating, not only to us, but to our community, our friends, uh, the world. And we struggled with trying to find meaning and trying to turn this into something that could be more positive than it just being, um, you know, the loss of a child. And, and um, we had some amazing people, people around us that helped us to try to basically take this horrific event and turn it around into something that could be more positive that would allow us to find some purpose and meaning. Um, there's a philosopher that, that says, you can only understand life looking backwards, but you really have to focus on the future to really make the meaning out of it. And so we focused on the future. And shortly after Blaze's death, we started a movement called Blaze It Forward, which is the shirt that I've got on right here. Um, we have, oh, you got your Blaze It Forward hat Yay, also. And, and what does it mean? Does it mean pay it forward? Yeah, it means that as humans, we need to do intentional acts of kindness to try to make this world a better place, just like Blaze would have. He would have been 23 years old this year. He probably would have been going to medical school and probably solving a lot of the world's medical problems at this point in time. And we don't have that now, but we have all of you to inspire, to make you better people, to do things for others, to make their lives better, just like Comfort Cases does. 
you help these children that are lost, that don't have a connection and create a connection and something that is gonna give them inspiration to become the best that they can be. And so Blaze It Forward has become that movement for us where we're able to go out and speak and tell people a little bit about our story and how we can all work together to make this world a better place. Wow. You know, today is 17, 17 days since my son's been missing. I know my son is alive because I've seen pictures. Okay. But I couldn't imagine the two of you going one night a week. Being a parent, as you said, no one gives us a manual in trying to do the best that you possibly can. And to know that Blaze will live on for all the things that people are doing to move forward. I know that my son's going to come home, or at least I pray every night. But to know that your son was taken from you and that someone is sitting behind bars for three years and nothing's happening. Gosh. Yeah. There's um, a book that was written by Sheryl Sandberg, who's the um, um, C, uh, COO for, um, for Facebook. She lost her husband tragically, and she wrote a book called Option B. And in that book, it talks about how in your life, you know, everybody is living for option A. Like, that's the choice that we all want to have. But, you know, sometimes that choice is um, taken away from you. And so you have to pivot and you move to another option that is viable for you to be able to move forward. And, you know, Blaze is part of, as she described in her book, he's part of our co-destiny now. His name exists. It always will. And we've done everything that we can to assure that his legacy as an individual, as a uh, human, as a young gay man, as a young Jewish man, that his legacy lives on in the brightest light that it can. And as long as we keep pushing on this co-destiny with our son, he exists just like your son does. And he'll come back to you. You know, I know that um, it, it's, it's hard, um, you know, when, when you have that, uh, you know, sudden surprise that occurs and, and we're praying for you and hoping that uh, you see him again soon. Well, you know, Thank you for that. But, you know, what what we need to know is what can we do? You know, you, you, you talked about, you know, I say this, be the change. Be a good human is what I say. I, I have shirts that I wear, be a good human. You know, and I think that that's what Blaze would want each and every one of us to do. You know, how can people get involved to help with this movement? Well, <clears throat> part of what I tell people about um being part of a change where we become more sex positive, we become more less ethnocentric. And um, the idea is that you don't have to do it all yourself. It's those little ripples, the little things that you do that add up. And I've even said, you know what, you're not going to change everybody's minds. You may 
change none. But if you can change one mind in your life based on your own human experience of why they should be treating you equally or with love, but they shouldn't embrace you and you're different. If you can't convert someone over to that perspective in your lifetime, it's understandable. Those are hard people to deal with. But if you can, you're a total success. One person, it could be someone in your family even. It's like just never had an exposure to someone with your diversity. And once they actually get the opportunity, they understand it's safe. But um, that's probably like a big part of, of what we do is um, we just try to bring kids together of different diversities. Even on high school campuses, we've got um, Blaze It Forward clubs that kids can start. And really the only objective is to foster diversity, embrace it, and do community service at the same time. I love that. I, I, I absolutely love that because I think that that's a key. You bring different people together, you know, and I love that. So, so listen, people that are listening, people that are watching, you know, we say this quite often, comfort, comfort cases, clubs at schools are great, but blaze it forward clubs in your schools is what we need. We need it. All my teachers, my guidance counselors, you know, my school administrators, I know you follow us. I know you listen to this podcast. I know you watch this podcast. Bring Blaze It Forward to your school because this is exactly what we need. You know, I have to say, I know that that kid, that, that, that you know, football coach, a great example. My best friend, George, I love George to death. We grew up total opposite. Captain of the football team. I was the typical little sissy gay boy. And now we met when we were in our 40s. And, you know, both of us are fathers. And just the other night we were sitting together and I laughed at him and I said, you know, you do realize that you and I never would have been friends in high school. And he was like, I know. And I was like, but we probably would have been if somebody just would have brought us together and we had a chance to sit down and talk and realize how much we have in common. That's what Blaze It Forward does, you know, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's exactly what I see is that you can bring all of these amazing young kids because, again, children are our future, you know. And I hate to say this, and, and you two are a lot younger than I am, but my generation did it wrong. We did it wrong. We judged so much based on somebody, whether they're, whether they're masculinity or how feminine we did. So our younger generation can do this right. You know, Gideon, you have a shirt on that I absolutely love. The shirt that you're wearing right now. I actually have a shirt that you sent me, but you have the shirt in the rainbow colors. Is that shirt available on your website? Not now, but we can make it available. Okay. Okay. Just ask. We'll get it ask. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in Pride Month. That shirt needs to be worn. And then when people, they would wear it all the time. We, so we have them on, um, they were um, on the, our Blaze It Ford group on Facebook. There's People could buy them if they wanted to, and all the money goes to charity. Okay. So 
Well, yeah. let's get that let's get that out there because I'm telling you something. Um, you know, we're given one month a year, which is National Foster Care Awareness Month in the month of May. You know, Pride Month. You know, my daughter on yesterday they were outside, her and her girlfriends, and they wrote on the driveway Pride Month because even though my children, um, you know, they they take Pride Month very seriously because of their dads, and I want people to do that, but I want people not just to talk about the month of June, um, but I want people to talk all the time. How can people actually reach you? Through our website. Um, it's at blazebernstein.org. There is a link there where you can actually make contact with us through that. And you can learn more about our story. There are links there to some um, very good television documentaries that were done about our family. Um, so you can watch those and get more up to date. And if you're a Facebook, um, if that's your social media, we are there, uh, the Blaze It Forward group. And just type in Blaze It Forward and you'll be there. And it's easy to get a hold of us. It is. So if there was one thing that you can leave with for people to know, and you each get to say it, what would that be? Oh, for me, I think that... Um, I, I watched a TED talk that you were on where you talked about choice. You made the decision that you were going to survive and you were going to make a life for yourself. And that was your choice because not everybody who is underprivileged has that willpower to rise even when it's so hard. Um, being a parent who has a lot of fear about the unknown and you know wants the best for their child at some point you have to make a choice that you're gonna put aside all of your, you know, your pre-concepts about raising some, a gay child and you're just gonna to have to embrace it. And that, you know, you, it, it was a choice because I could have been like a lot of parents who, you know, are not okay with that for whatever reason. And he didn't even know because we just didn't talk about it. So silence when it comes to these issues is, more, is the most dangerous thing really. So it's, so we just have to remember that if you're not communicating with your child on these issues, then they probably are an issue and really need to be addressed. So that's one thing. Um, and I think that you just wanted one. So. And I'll, I'll leave you with a quote from Victor Frankl. He said that in some way, suffering ceases to be suffering when you find meaning. And we'd like all of you to find meaning. And one of those ways is to blaze it forward. Blaze it forward. Take your pain and make it into purpose. Take your pain and make it into purpose. Yeah, I mean, Listen, why not? It's a choice, right? It is. It is. And I am so, so lucky to call both of you my friend. I am so lucky that you have entered my life. I wish it was on a different way. I wish there was a moment that I could sit down with Blaze and just let him know that not only how proud his parents are, but how proud I am of who he is. And the fact that he is really not gone because he is truly blazing it forward. I know this won't be the last time the two of us, the three of us will talk. I know this will be not the last time you will be on our show but I just want to say thank you for being so raw as humans because parents need to hear this. They need to hear this because as you said, 
that part, it's a choice. It's a choice. Listen, everyone, you have an opportunity to be a part of the change, to be a good human, to make sure that you understand that each and every one of us need each other. And if you lift someone else up, you will stand taller. There's many ways that you can help. But one of the ways that I'm asking you to do today is I'm asking you to actually go to the blazebernstein.org site. We're going to share it within all of our social media platforms. This actual YouTube video, the podcast will be embedded into comfort cases. So if you don't have a chance to listen today, you can listen to it tomorrow. And if you don't have a chance tomorrow, you can continue to share and share and share. You know, it's kind of hard as parents because everyone thinks that we know it, but we don't. We're learning each and every day, but how we can learn more is by learning for each other. So I hope each and every one of you have amazing week. And until we talk again next Tuesday, take care. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Thank you. I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. Check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org. And I know some of you have a question, and I know some of you would love to be a guest. Please personally reach out to me at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. That's fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Then do me a big favor. Please help spread the word. Share this podcast. Share it with your friends and your family. Remember, I say this quite often, we're all part of the same community. And that community, it's not our zip code, but our human race. Let's all make a difference.